the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> This week on the What the Falk Show. This is Benjamin Albright, and you are listening to the What the Falk Show. Hello, Falk, how are you doing? This is Connor Falk, and this is the What the Falk Show. First off, you're listening through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Pod Directory. Secondly, maybe you've seen the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at my WTF show. Thirdly, you know, I'm going to give you a promise right now, and that promise is witty informational conversation found in interview format. This week, that witty informational conversation is going to consist of sports. NFL Week 3. My guest this week is Benjamin Albright, an NFL analyst, QB expert, scout. The guy's been in the industry for a long time. You've probably seen his work on Yahoo, Fox, or ESPN, as well as Bleacher Report. So a guy really knows what he's doing. He's actually in the middle of this controversy right now because Jason Locker Fora. If you know this guy from NFL Network, one of the big names in NFL or in that sports, fantasy, everything like that, he actually took one of his tweets, Benjamin Albright's tweets, to use it as his own. So he, this guy knows so much about football that these so-called famous experts, this guy is well known, but these super famous experts on TV are taking his his stats and his work at times. So, uh, you know, one of the greatest forms of flattery is uh, is kind of copying people. And that's what happened there. So Benjamin Albright, NFL analyst, going to go ahead and talk to him about week three in the NFL. Fans out there, your team's 0-2, 2-0, 1-1. What's going to happen? Maybe your fantasy team, you don't know what's going to happen. My, me as well, 0-2. Um, I'm looking up right now. Only one way to go and that's up. So let's see what some of these teams, the disappointing teams, the surprising teams, the NFL and everything in between. This is Connor Falk, the What the Falk Show. The thing in between, if you think about it, is the space between the cheese and the sauce and the bread when you're eating a really good piece of pizza. It's one of the three favorite things of life, the holy trinity to me. That's pizza. Ferris Pizza is the best pizza for the best price with most love in it. And they are also, fortunately enough, sponsored with the Falk Show. Another thing I like to do, I like to travel in luxury. I don't know if you like being in a limo or if you like, you know, you're drinking Coke out of one of those nice glasses, listen to music, have a really cool driver. That's what you get with American Comfort Limousine. You find them at AmericanComfortLimo.com. They can serve you in over 555 cities with a 24-7 app online. American Comfort Limo, another sponsor of the What the Falk Show. Connor Falk, the What the Falk Show, Benjamin Albright, NFL analyst. Find him on Twitter at Albright NFL. Let's go ahead and call Ben and talk about week three NFL. Thanks for Falk and listening. Hello. Hi there, is this Benjamin Albright? Yes, it is, sir. How the Falk are you doing? This is Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I appreciate you taking the time. You're out in Colorado. Uh, beautiful area, right? Is, is it getting cold yet over there or is it still hot? Uh, it's still a little warm. We, we kind of had a little break in the weather last week, but we're back up this week. I think it's going to cool down next week. It's, it's always crazy, but it transitions from summer to fall here, so... From summer to fall. So just just to get into it, I'm gonna have you on. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the What the Falk Show. Gonna go ahead and preview NFL Week Three. I talked about in the intro about your your experience and your past in the national, you know, just in football in general and scouting and things like. And a really uh, important mind, a smart mind. And uh, I want to ask you first, since you're in Colorado, we can get this out of the way. Does that make you a Broncos fan? Um, no, actually, I'm, I'm a transplant. I've only lived here for four years. Okay. Um, I kind of grew up a Chiefs fan, so that actually um, that works you know, better. That. that actually works better for me, man, because my point was going to be that I'm a lifelong Raider fan, and I was about to have a nice informational conversation on the What the Falk Show, but have it be very nice and pleasant. And then you were being a Broncos fan, like how great is that that we're doing that? But even better, you're a Chiefs fan, and I still think we're going to have a great time coexisting on the What the Falk Show. So we're going to prove that we can give great analysis, but also have fans of rival teams that get along. Right? Stoked for that? Yeah, we're going to bridge gaps tonight. We're, we're bridging gaps tonight. We're bridging some gaps. Okay, sir. So, you know, from your experience being on Yahoo, Fox, ESPN, AM 1340, 104.7 FM in the Colorado Boulder area, how did you get into this sports rag? From my research, you said you all spent time in the military. Well, I played the game in high school. I played the game, uh, well, I said I played the 
game. I won the bench in college. Okay. Um, uh, after that, that turned into like kind of a grad assist thing, and then a consult with an NFL team. And uh, uh, once that coaching staff was fired, I was kind of you know out on my own. Um, kind of did the military thing, and uh, you know I went into IT at that point. It was kind of out of football together, and uh, you know uh, just a crazy set of circumstances led to me uh, you know calling into a sports talk show one time, and they listened to what I was saying, and you know they, they told me to hang on the line. They're like, well, how do you know all this stuff? And this, that, and the other, and then it turned into a program offer, and it just kind of spiraled from there. Wow, absolutely. I love that you talked about IT because my next question was going to be about you kind of being in the game for so long, you know, paying attention to it, making it your life. You've seen so many different changes in the game. One of those that I've noticed scouting wise has been the technology advancement in the league overall and in the world in general. So does that kind of, has that helped you evolve with the league? The fact that you have that capability technically along with just your, your knowledge of the game? You know, perhaps, I guess. I, I, I suppose I look at it a little differently since I come from a different background. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, you find a lot of old school football guys are, you know, less prone to being accepting of analytics or things like that. I, I certainly, uh, I, I try to hybridize, you know, I'm a tape guy, but I try to, um, I, I try to bring analytics into it to help make me more efficient because really that's what analytics are about. It's about marketing efficiencies and, you know, trying to create and make more of yourself and your team more efficient. So, um, I, I try to incorporate things I learned from the, you know, from the IT world into that to help, help make and streamline my process a bit. Well, it sounds like it certainly gives you an advantage. So uh, speaking of advantages or disadvantages, can you kind of give me so far two weeks in the NFL, some teams, some of the biggest surprises and disappointments so far, kind of things that you were like, whoa, I, what the fuck? I didn't expect that. Well, honestly, let's look at Kansas City. I certainly didn't expect them to look as poor as they have to start the season. Okay. Uh, they out a win against the meager Chargers, and you know they they lost to the Texans. But the Texans are a team I think is going to go very far this year. Yes. Um, you know, Detroit losing at home to Tennessee was certainly a stunner for me. Uh, I didn't I didn't see losing a game. Detroit losing a game to a bottom three team in the NFL at home. Um, you know, looking at Denver being two and zero, that's surprising to me with the, with who you've got at quarterback. You basically got another version of Case Keenum at quarterback here in Denver, and I think that that's perhaps um, uh, perhaps surprising to some people. I expected maybe a one-on-one split to start the season, so I guess that's that surprised. Is that one of those examples where the system, I was going to get to the Patriots eventually about the system versus the actual talent of the QB. You talked about the Broncos, which I love. You have the West Coast, you have Gary Kubiak, a former Bronco himself. He's been doing that play action bootleg play with Jake Plummer, with everyone to a high efficiency for a long, long time under Mike Shanahan, obviously with that tutelage. Do you think that Simeon is just in the right place at the right time or does he really have the tools that they can rely on when it starts getting those winter months and if they make it to the playoffs? No, he's clearly just a stopgap option until Paxton Lynch is ready. Okay. Um, you know, you look at what he's done. Uh, it, the yardage totals have not been good. Seventy-five percent of his yardage has come from yards after the catch. Um, you know, thus far, you're talking about one touchdown on a screen play that a running back took in from about twenty yards out. Uh, three interceptions should be five. Uh, balls that have hit defenders in the hands. Um, he's not been as good as you know people think. People see the completion percentage, the yardage total. They're like, oh, okay, it's, you know, he's done pretty well. Reality is, uh, you know, he's, he's been a very limited offense that you know tries to think and duck down the field, kind of an Alex Smith without the mobility situation. And the sooner they get the tax to lunch, the better they'll be. Yeah, which in the preseason absolutely looked like a stud on the field. And speaking of limited. The Green Bay Packers, uh, just so I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers believer, but so far it just seems like it's kind of easy to play against that offense if the receivers aren't getting separation. Do you see a future? Is this where we're at? Do they need a, a new nucleus, a new blood in the offense? I think they can come out of it. Uh, you know, it's a system that's pr- 
proven to work over the last couple of years. Um, you know, McCarthy's been running that for a time. He even made Aaron Brooks relevant down in New Orleans with it for a while. So oh, yeah. I, think the system, I think the system itself works. I think the problem here, you mentioned it, is she aren't getting separation. Well, with the, with the impetus behind that, you've got Jordy Nelson who's coming off an injury. It's made him a little hesitant to the player. Uh, and you get some other players who are maybe not the vertical threat, the big body guys need to learn to body to create space. You know, looking at uh, looking at that offensive line, it's it's pretty much hodgepodge. It's a mix of players. They let they let their best guard go in, in Josh Sitton. I um, that was you know, surprising. I, I think a lot of the responsibility is with the offensive line. You look at uh, you know a team that wants to get vertical like Green Bay can't get vertical because you got a line that gives up so quickly on the play that, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have time to do it. So I mean, until they can protect him correctly, he can't really do those Aaron Rodgers thing. Like any quarterback out there has to have a consistent line that can give an opportunity to uh, complete a ball. Talking about the Jags, I want to bring them up because people were so high on them just with the free agents and the draft picks and and looking at Blake Bortles, he's only had as I'm sure you've seen the stat or you probably research it yourself is is um three touchdowns in the first quarter in his entire career so everything has been in the fourth quarter and i wanted to ask you with obviously some fantasy i'm a fantasy football player obviously too and uh, if you play fantasy as well everybody out there listening do you think that the part of the stats being looked at in fantasy terms of value has has kind of blown up the the idea of blake bortles being a good quarterback because he's relevant fantasy um on the field i say he's the potential to be good the problem with the jacksonville jaguars is they simply haven't been able to establish a running game uh, for him to build off of play action early okay. uh, you know he eats people up in garbage time when he's able to nickel and dime you down the field and get, you know take advantage of the uh, people that are in semi-prevent or prevent type coverages or two or three deep you know man under type stuff he's able to do that and that's a shame because you know bortles has talent he certainly has talent at the, the skill positions around him you know i, I don't think that that coaching staff is, is going to be there very much longer. They haven't maximized the talent on that roster. I wasn't high on Jacksonville coming in this year. I thought they were still a sub-500 team. Um, you know, maybe the third best team in that division. Maybe the second best, uh, you know, if they overachieved. But, uh, you know, all said and done, I think it's the Texans division. I, I, I just uh, I just don't think Gus Bradley's going to be there that much longer. Yeah, he hasn't been able to take advantage of some of these skilled players they've brought in. And speaking of skill, Benjamin, the Giants, just real quick, are, are they for real? You know, I think there's some fresh energy there. Um, you've got a familiarity with the scheme and the system Ben McAdoo took over, but uh, and there's there's maybe a fresh energy with Coughlin out of the way. Coughlin, more of a militant, you know, old school type coach. McAdoo, kind of a younger guy, uh, takes it a little easier. I don't know if they are or not. I think it's too early to tell on them. I think it's interesting that uh, this might be the <laughs> the first time I ever looked at an, a defensive line and said that you know Jason Garrett Paul was the weak link on that defensive line. Yeah, uh, you know, I just uh, I, I don't I don't know. I need a few more weeks out of the Giants before I can really uh, before I can really assess that. Okay, so uh, Benjamin Albright, I really appreciate you being on the show so far, talking about NFL Week Three. We'll get into it. We have some own two teams. I want to go ahead and Falcon ask you which of these teams have some hope to go ahead and win more games than lose, and which are just you know they're going to start losing that's going to be their trend of the season are you falcon ready ben i am ready okay uh we talked about peyton manning so we can go with the colts owen two powerful offense the guy who's going to be the next peyton manning so far you know or another john elway a stanford quarterback and andrew luck are they going to bounce back well i you know i think it, i don't know if they're going to bounce back you've got uh you got a head coach and general manager that both probably should have been fired in the offseason the general manager certainly should have yeah. um, the head coach maybe uh, the talent evaluation has been pretty poor outside of luck who was a guinea pick and that uh, uh, center they've got over there there's really kind of a dearth of talent uh, they get a little bit of talent at the receiver position but they're kind of guys that play the same position not really complement each other um, I, the defense is, is out with injury I, I just don't uh, I, I don't get why they kept uh, uh, why they kept the general manager around and it was, 
that's a bit ridiculous. But I don't know, you know, I would have kept him a good coach, but the, the general manager that was ridiculous should have fired him and hired somebody competent. Um, and I think that they're going to suffer for it because they just don't have the right personnel or the right personnel evaluation in place. Remember, this is the team that traded a first-round draft pick for Trent Richardson. Yeah, wow, that did, and that did not work out. And they put a lot of put a lot of draft picks in the offensive line, and so far they're getting up a lot of sacks. So for the fantasy listeners, can we say in your mind, from your analyst point of view, that just them being a bad team, if you have fantasy football players, start them against the Colts this year? Oh, yes, I would say to, to maximize your, your your team, that would probably be the way to go. And you know, and, and the thing about it is, you, you have to. Look Look at it from a, from a data perspective, though. If teams are boat racing and jumping out up on on the Indy early, that means they're probably going to run the ball a lot. So yeah. your running backs there might actually be uh, might be the smarter play. So Melvin Gordon this week, because I was the guy who somehow was afraid of Danny. I mean, rest in peace for Danny Wood at season. But from now on, uh, Melvin Gordon. You know, I don't know exactly what your involvement is in fantasy football, but would you be would you agree that he's probably like a top fourteen back now the rest of the way with the kind of volume he's going to get? Well, I'm a terrible fantasy football player. Okay. I'll tell you that. I, I, <laughs> one of the things I you know. I try to evaluate these guys in real life, and uh, I tend to be just a terrible fantasy football player. But uh, I like Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be a, uh, you know, I think he's going to produce. I think he's a guy who had Jamal Charles like potential in terms of what he brings to the table. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would think that he would be a good player. I would hope that he would. And, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to give too much fantasy advice because I tend to be the guy who messes on that. But, um, I, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, no worries. I absolutely see where you're coming from. You're the actual scout of the real game, not the so far fantasy part of the National Football League. So I guess next thing I want to ask you about, it's kind of interesting. I want to see your point of view on this quarterback, and that's Kirk Cousins, his uh, grumbling teammates in the background. I'm very happy with his start, his own two start, and a lot of the interceptions he's throwing. I, I think it could be a bad year. Kirk's, Kirk's a guy who bounced back. He's a tough guy. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to see his backup. I think Colt McCoy in limited actions looked pretty good. Uh, several times over the course of his NFL career, just never got a fair shake. Whether that was in Cleveland, they drafted uh, what was it, Wheaton, um, you know, while he was the starter, and then he got benched. Then you turn around, you bring him in uh, when he's in Washington, you beat Dallas, and you replace him yet again with somebody. I, I just don't think he's ever got a fair shake. Colt doesn't have the greatest tools in the world, but I think he'd work really good in the Gruden offense. The Gruden Gulf Coast offense is predicated mostly on dink and dunk type stuff, with occasional deep shots slot so you know I, I think he would work very well in that he's got that mobility he reminds me a lot of maybe a poor man's Rich Cannon who also plays for Gruden's brother yeah. uh, of course over there in Oakland so yeah. um, you know I think there's some similarities there when you were saying mobile I was thinking Jeff Garcia for some reason I was thinking because I remember when Jeff Garcia had those Go good ahead, years Jill. in San yeah. Francisco then those those really resurrection years post Cleveland in Tampa Bay and Philly uh, Jeff Garcia okay so some game picks if that's cool I appreciate you taking the time on the what the fall you've been great so far week three we just have uh, three game picks uh, to me pretty interesting games coming up I want to get your point of view and who you think is going to win or lose uh, first up uh, Detroit versus Green Bay yeah I liked uh, I liked Detroit to start the season I thought they were going to be a team that was going to maybe finally show something but uh, they look just tepid you know, against the Tennessee Titans, um, I, I think Green Bay's got to get it going. You got Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks, in the, you know, in the game. I think that uh, I think that puts you in a position to win. I don't see any way Detroit beats Green Bay, but of course, as soon as I say that, watch them pull the surprise. <laughs> I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull. Uh, pull Green Bay in this one. And at home, eventually, first game at Lambeau Field, and Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson always play pretty amazing there. So you got to think Green Bay's going to take it. Uh, next game, the Giants versus the Redskins. Talked about both of them. Uh, you know, are the Giants going to be two and zero in the division? Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> I look at this game and I, I just, it makes me want to exhale and just walk away from it. But, um, you know, to be honest with you, the Giants have been on a roll and until they're not, I'm going to go ahead and ride with them. 
Washington's okay. got some problems they need to address. Obviously, you say they get the you know the, the grumbling in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, um, that, that locker room culture has been pretty toxic for years. I you know I just don't know that the uh, I just don't know that the quarterback and coach there are going to survive it if uh, if things really go south. Yeah, what the fuck, Redskins? Right when we thought you guys were stepping it up, you're again imploding like usual. Uh, last game, the Battle of Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia and the Carson Wences versus uh, Big Ben. The Steelers can't lose to this upstart team, can they? Well, it's very possible they could. I think it's kind of kind of interesting that you've got you know Ben Roethlisberger, and then you've got a guy who maybe compares to a young Ben Roethlisberger yeah, in terms of yeah. you know athleticism and tools. Um, you know, Philadelphia's got a pretty good defense there. Their corners are kind of stink, but. Uh, you know, they've been a little nicked up, uh, but they've, they've got a great front floor. They get good pressure packages. Jim Schwartz tends to, uh, you know, get pressure on quarterbacks and, and generate turnovers. And, you know, that's what you need to win with the process, the, the uh, pieces that they have in Philly. But I, I like Carson Wentz. I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of his for a couple of years since I saw him uh, first backing up Brock Jensen there at North Dakota State. Um, wow. I, I like his future. I think he's a good, good, sharp kid. I think they could win. Um, if I were a wagering person, I certainly wouldn't lay any money on it. But, uh, I think they could definitely beat Pittsburgh. Okay, well, absolutely. Uh, Steelers over the Eagles. Benjamin Albright, I really appreciate you coming to the show. You've been a wonderful guest. Talked about week three, some picks, some 0-2 teams, whether they're going to be able to bounce back or not, and some of the biggest surprises and disappointments so far in the NFL season. I just have two final, just crazy, out-of-the-wall questions I just think about. I try to surprise you with it. So uh, you just you just give me the first answer that comes to your mind. All right. Okay, who would you rather go on a vacation with, Tim Tebow or Johnny Menzel? <laughs> Neither the gun. <laughs> the gun. The gun. Okay, I love it. Uh, who plays Benjamin Albright in the story of an NFL amazing analyst, uh, Benjamin Albright? Who plays you in the movie? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. I like it. Okay, next question since you went there. Favorite Rob Lowe movie? Ooh, The Outsiders. The Outsiders. Okay, awesome. Did you have you seen him in um, uh, Californication? His role in that? Yes, I did see him in Californication. I liked that show a lot. In fact. Uh, a buddy of mine says that I, I guess I'm the real life version of Hank Moody, for better or for worse. So that's uh, that's probably not a good thing. Wow, I mean that's <laughs> in some ways, you know, as a man talking to you, it could be pretty awesome in some ways, actually, uh, depending on how you look at that show. But uh, that's awesome, uh, Benjamin Albright. You can see you, I can hear you on AM AM thirteen forty, one hundred four point seven on FM in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Benjamin Albright, I really appreciate you coming on the What the Falk Show, and I look forward to uh, catching you again on Twitter. We can find you at Albright NFL on Twitter. What do you have an Instagram as well? Are you on there? Maybe a Snapchat or Facebook? or anything? Uh, no. My Facebook's private. I don't want anybody on that. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just the Twitter then. At Albright NFL. Okay, Benjamin. Well, uh, good luck to you this week and uh, I look forward to talking with you soon. Yeah, you as well and thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a good day. This is Connor Falk with the Falk Show. It's Benjamin Albright, NFL analyst. You know him from Yahoo, Fox, ESPN. Find him at Albright NFL on Twitter and his uh, writings on Bleacher Report. Good guy. Understands the game of football. We talked about the 0-2 teams and who's going to bounce back. We had some game picks between. We had Green Bay over Detroit, the Giants over the Redskins, and the Steelers hesitatingly over the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll go ahead and check that out. And to him, the Jags are not going to be a good team. The Packers will bounce back. Trevor Simeon is not that good of a quarterback. So this is Connor Falk on the What the Falk Show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Director, my parents' phone, and the text message I just reluctantly sent you. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at my WTF show. Thanks for fucking listening. I'll talk to you next week.